Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State tonight. I'm Paul John Dykes, and uh, this evening I'm joined by Colin Watt and Kevin Graham to speak about the end of an era. Gentlemen, after 35 Cup games unbeaten domestically, uh, we have gone out to a Ross County side who wanted it more, who deserve everything they get uh, from today's game. And you look at that Celtic side, you look at the players, I think they've given us an absolutely shameful performance today. And it's now time for the board to act by removing from their positions Neil Lennon, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. And that has to happen tonight. Kevin? First thing before I go into a sort of rant or something like that, I want to just be thankful that it has been four years since we've last got lost a cup tie. Uh, something that we'll maybe never see again. Eh? And it's been a great run. It's been absolutely brilliant. But the way that we've went out, just that flat there, eh? and it's not entirely unexpected. I mean, can we, can we 
trust anymore what's actually coming out of the football club. I mean, what was says on the Zoom meeting, I mean, obviously Dermot Desmond and Peter Lowell can't actually know how to organise a team, know how to actually break down a packed defence. Uh, look, it is what it is. All credit to Ross County, especially the boy Ross Stewart up front. He absolutely ran riot against our back line. Um, but it's just terrible. I mean, Ross County were in worse form than us. And I mean, we're shapeless, utterly shapeless. We're, we've got the shape of, we've got all the shape of a, spew, a drunk spew outside a kebab shop at two o'clock in the morning. And we've had that all and we've had that all season. And how many times do we just need to pick the ball out wide and then put in an aimless ball? A ball in aimed it. It's, it's absolutely dreadful to watch, but it's no surprising to watch. But all credit to Ross County. Good luck to them. Colin, there's bigger, bigger issues. All respect and credit to Ross County, as Kevin says. Let's focus on Celtic. Let's focus on the unthinkable, which has just happened. Um, and everybody uh, who hasn't already had that reality check needs to realise that this is not going to get better under the current coaching team of Lennon, Kennedy and Strachan. Um, do you see, after the week that we've had, any changes being made by the board? Are they going to basically continue with the silence um, that they're serving up to the Celtic support at this moment in time? Should we dial the big man in and see if he wants to talk to the Celtic supporters? <laughs> I don't think he'll be doing much. He looked a de- dejected figure in the stands. Um, I think he has to accept that he's been wrong in what he's done and he's backing of Lennon. Um, as I said before this game started, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you wake up tomorrow morning and he's still the manager. As much as it's not the right thing to do, they're just so pig-headed within the boardroom that they still think he can turn it around. I don't understand how. I, honestly, and someone might, be, might tell me I'm wrong here, but I don't remember the last time in, that Celtic went 2-10. I don't think it was in my lifetime. And that we're, talk, we're going to back as far as Liam Brady days so what do you do for me he should have been gone a long long time ago, he should never have got the job on a permanent basis, we're very thankful for everything that he's done but this run's now over you've just got to admit that the time's up and you move on when when you're a manager at a football club there's only two outcomes either leave your position because of performances or you do so well that someone comes in and takes you away for us, it's the first. It's He's been so poor over the last 10 games that he's just got to go. Well, you look at the fact that nothing works. Nothing works. Neil Lennon has tried to refresh the side. We brought in six new players. Uh, you're talking about the Ross County forward. We brought in a £5 million international player uh, from the EPL, Kevin, and his performance today was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And, you know, does he want it enough? Does he care um, about the record? That obviously means a lot to us. Um, struggling to remember the, the chances. I think we had three chances throughout the entire game, 94 minutes. You had the, a, a Yeti chance. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it hits the post and goes out. You can't say what if, what if. He missed. Simple as that. He missed. Brilliant bit of uh, play by Roderick to play him in after a good run by Ayer. But he missed, and you know the the Ross County deserve the the victory, and I'm not going to take any of that away from them. Second half, a glancing header by El Yunusi, a kind of hooked effort by Eduard. Nothing to write home about. Celtic are shambolic. We can't create chances. You know it's been the same all season. 
But I think that uh, when the results started going against us, that's when people have really started to focus on it. Kevin, you've seen the kind of backlash even for suggesting that uh, Neil Lennon should go. What happens at the club? I, I cannot... I cannot sit back and just expect the board not to do a thing. I mean, we're getting absolute radio silence from the board. We're in a season where uh, we're all buying season tickets, knowing that we're going to get nowhere near to Celtic Park, absolutely nowhere near to the park, you know. And uh, even when you're getting a, a link, that doesn't work for 27 minutes. The whole thing's shambolic. I mean, what do you expect to happen here? We surely cannot go another day, never mind another 48 hours, as Meryl Wyatt suggests, as is. We cannot continue just hoping that everything works out. We, we can't, and it's not going to work out. And we're, we're at this point where you're going into a game against Ross County at home, which, which fair enough, when I went, out, I went outside this morning and I was frozen, and it's the first time I've actually been like, I'm quite glad that I've not got a football game to go to today. Because it was because uh, it would be uh, what we saw the day was what I what I actually expected. What will the board do? The board will do nothing. The board will do absolutely nothing because they didn't care about what we say. They've got our money. That's fine. They'll disappear with it. They do not care, even though we're even though we have been doing and we're thankful for the domestic success. But we're, we're mugs. We're, we're just client numbers. We're just client references. Again, today, if there's 25,000, 28,000, how many would have been in that ground today? Absolutely doing our dingers at that final whistle. Then they maybe stand up and notice. But today they've only stand up and notice. They've backed the they seemingly, if one of, one of the, the puppet cheerleaders came out and says they've got a plan for January, it's going to be too late by January. Let's, let, let's admit it. If we allow this to go, it's going to be too late by January. You mentioned Ayeti there. Ayeti was terrible. Edward mm -hmm. was terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, Laxalt was terrible. Beat on El Hamed were terrible. The only two, the only guys that seem to care, Brown cared, but then it's not the type of game that he's going to heavily influence. Uh, McGregor kind of cared when he came on. All the rest of them were just rank wrong. All the rest of them were just flat. The thing is, Kevin, the other day I tried to make the point that, obviously, Neil Lennon, it, you know, the, the buck stops with Lenny. He knows that, everybody else knows that. But it was about time that the players took some responsibility for their ineptitude this season. And I think the coaching staff as well have said that many times. We watched the team out there, Kevin, devoid of ideas, devoid of anyone willing to actually take responsibility, to, to take effect to that game. Now, I hate decorating. If Lenny remains in a job, Rangers will win a treble this season. Now, there, there's a pub question in that. You know, the two Glasgow sides that both win a treble in the same season. By the way, that isn't guaranteed because even the um, team that was beat from Alloway yesterday would give us a good game at the moment. Definitely. We, we, we're completely, we're rudderless. Uh, we we uh, we are uh, like we we've got no no shape no formation no clue utterly pointless as a football club on the pitch at this at this precise moment in time and that comes from the coaching staff sitting there. Um, well, well, it's Ross County. There was one time that we pressed in that second half and Ross County completely played played through us. They, they completely played they completely played through our press and you're going. This is Ross County. These are guys, and I, I hate bringing up money, but these are guys that maybe are on eight, nine hundred pound a week at, at Ross County. They're professional mm. football players, so I don't like bringing up the money. But they look a better coach side by a guy who probably spends his Saturday nights with Michelle the golf, drinking two litre bottles of dry black from cider. 
doing a seance in his favourite songs, Tainted Love by Marilyn Manson. Come on, it's like we're getting schooled of every coach that we come up against now. No one fears Celtic, Kevin. No one fears Celtic. We're easy to play against. The deficiencies are there for all to see, except for Peter Lowell and his board. And it's getting to the point where Paul Cockwell suggests, Paul, as a Hibs fan, welcome to the show. Paul, you're welcome on the show. Lennon will quit. I don't think he will. I honestly don't think he will, Colin. No, I said this. He's in his dream job. It's in... He's getting paid. If he leaves Celtic, there's nowhere for him to go. I can't see him getting a job anywhere else outside of Celtic. He was lucky that he was unemployed at the time the Celtic job came around again. To me, someone has to put the hand on the shoulder and tell him his time's up because there's something inside Neil Lennon that will say, I can still turn this round, despite how everyone else can see that he won't. This, for me, this is the Mowbray moment. This is the 4 0 at St Mirren, this is the John Barnes moment against Inverness Cali. This is basically time up. You can't wake up tomorrow and he's still the Celtic manager. There's a serious problem within the club. And I see a lot of people saying that, um, oh, if you bring a manager in, the players have still got to take the blame. Yeah, the, the players do have to take the blame. But when you're looking for someone to actually coach them and to manage them, tell me a player that's came on leaps and bounds since Neil Lennon's take over as manager. Not one. No, A lot of players have regressed in that time. And that's down to the coaching, that's down to the training. <sighs> it is a resignation that nobody here is overly surprised at that result today. Well, this is the thing. I kept hearing that from the, the commentary team. Uh, one of the biggest upsets in Scottish football modern history. I wasn't surprised. I really was not surprised. Colin, you send out a request every week for predictions. I never gave you one. Because I don't like predicting that Celtic won't win. I would never bet against Celtic um, winning. So uh, I, I was not surprised at that. The way we've been playing, the way that... Um, you know, going back to that, you know, the fact that Lenny has refreshed the squad. He's brought in six players. Massive investment. Um, we've changed personnel, Colin. We've tried different formations. We're now at the stage where no matter what Neil Lennon does it's not going to make a difference. And if the Celtic board can't see that, then they must be happy for us to continue um, as is, which means that we will not win another trophy this year. And by the way, you're putting a quadruple treble at risk as well. Um, A big thing that happens, Colin, when you make a statement like that, is people say, well, who are you going to bring in? That'll be even more of a risk. It's at this moment in time that the risk has to be taken because... The, the flip side of that is we just continue as we are at the moment and everybody, anybody with their eyes open can see that it's not going to work. As I said on Thursday night, why is that a fans thing? The fans don't go out and pick the manager. The board goes out and picks the next manager. And what it clearly shows is there's no um, progression planning within Celtic that they don't already have someone that they can reach out to to say, you come in. They, they clearly did when Rogers was taken away because Lennon was appointed within a couple of days. But wh- where is the where is the the plan here? It just seems to be we'll kick it down the road and keep kicking it down the road and he- hope that things improve. It's completely pathetic from the board. And we do. It needs to be a complete clear out. The Sean... coaching staff, mm-hmm. the boardroom, the, the club needs to have a fresh start. This run that we've had over the last nine years is coming to an end. 
Sean Kirkcorn makes Sorry. a point raving about a Yeti after the first few games. Yes, but what's he done since then, Sean? I mean, we can only really comment on what we're seeing on the park and what I'm seeing is someone who looked completely disinterested. There was a point where the ball came up to him at a halfway line. He tried to stay on his feet, regain balance, and then he'd done this wee whirlwind motion with his two arms. It was like just take yourself off the park. But then what happens is we've got Clamalo on the bench. Clam- I'm sorry, no disrespect to the guy. He's a fourth-choice striker at Celtic Park. What's he going to do? We're in a really, really precarious situation at this moment in time, and the only way that anything's going to happen uh, is with a change. Yeah, the players have to take responsibility. I said that during the week, Kevin. The players need to take responsibility, but as Colin says, over a period of time, if so many players have regressed, failed to develop, failed to progress... That comes down to the coaching staff. It could be argued that Ayeti's regressed in the space of three months, mm-hmm. from the way that he started to the way that he was today. I mean, I find it difficult. I think the play the players have to take the majority of the blame. But you look at today, we're playing we're playing a system that needs wide players, and we've got no wide players. We've got two fullbacks who don't create any. We've got two fullbacks who don't create anything, and when we're out wide. I don't know if you heard Michael Stewart. I'm going to give Michael Stewart the credit for this. He says that we we don't actually overload the wide areas. No. And you notice that the two fullbacks go there and the two fullbacks are on their own. Nobody goes and helps them. And it's up to the fullback to actually beat their man and whip in a, an aimless ball to and hope that somebody's there. It's just down to absolutely lack of organisation, lack of shape and lack of coaching. Lack of confidence as well now is a big, big factor. Massive. And, 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 and it's extremely clear that this lack of confidence is coming from the coaching staff. Extremely clear. I think uh, the point you make is is uh, obviously part of the point Sam is making via YouTube. Really now is about planning for next season. No manager on earth could drag the squad out of the swamp they've been left in. That's what we're looking for. That is actually what we're looking for, Kevin. We're looking for a manager to come in and spark life into this this team. Yeah, I mean, from time to time, you need a complete change for that confidence to return. We need someone to make an impact. Now, Neil Lennon no longer makes that impact with the staff he's working with. That much is clear. You've seen that today. I mean, this, Colin, you're describing it as that moment, you know, the Mowbray moment. Um, and I totally understand that. But look at the results that we've been getting going as far back as Ferenc Varos this season. The performances were poor leading up to that. But you can point to the Ferenc Varos game. You can look at two humpings from Sparta Prague. You can look at the Rangers game. And, and today uh, is the final, the final straw. I mean, even the most vehement of Celtic fans who have been arguing the case for Neil Lennon um, surely can see that the writing is on the wall. And if you have that blind loyalty and that blind faith, if the board has that this evening and in the coming days, Celtic are, in, are only going in one direction, and that is to second place if you're lucky in the league. Yeah, I mean, even the, the people that I know that right up until today's game were behind Lennon, they've certainly changed their minds after looking at that performance today. And you're looking at it, we've not won at home since the 27th of September. You're 2-10 um, I was just reading there, apparently it's the worst run since 1950s. This is how mm. bad it's got. Yep. I mean, what, what do you do? We as fans know that the time is up for Neil Lennon. And there's very few, I think, if there is any at all, that still believe that he can turn this around. What the board has to see now is if the fans aren't backing him, the players aren't backing him, then there's only maybe two or three in that room that are backing him. And majority rules, 
Well, you can say that, but I mean, when you've got a support the size of Celtics and um, you are actually facing not just on the football park a catastrophe, Colin, because what will then ensue is a, a real hit financially. They need to look at that. They need to look at the business side of what uh, not winning 10 in a row is going to do to Celtic Football Club as a business. So, you know, Celtic fans generally, we're watching players, we're watching teams, results, performances. But take it a step above that. And Kevin, obviously, uh, with his previous experience of being with the affiliation and, and dealing uh, with various meetings, etc., know that everything is multi-layered, Kevin. They must be looking at the failure, not just on the football park, but the impact that's going to have as a business unless they act now. They will do it, and they would have already been prepared for a drop-off in income next year anyway, just because they sold a lot of season tickets this year on the back that we were going for the 10. Um, they're going to need to refund a hell of a lot, of, a, a lot of those, a lot of the money that they bring back in because we haven't been back into the game. This this era was always coming to the end at the end of this season anyway. So, but it's coming now. This is probably a decision they, they, they didn't expect that they needed to make this early. Change would have came in the summer and change has to come from above. And I'm normally saying Desmond leaving. I'm talking about change of CEO. A CEO has been there 17, 17 years, 2003, mm. since he's been there. Football's changed a lot in that time. We have a very successful domestic model, and we can't get away from that. We, we, we're extremely lucky. It's been four years since we've lost a cup tie. We, we've seen possibly four trebles, hopefully four trebles. Um, we know that we're in a, an extremely privileged position, and we're, and we're not talking here from a, a sense of self-entitlement that we, that we expect to win everything. Uh, what we're talking about is that the club the club has been on a slippery slope since the 25th of May 2019 when we won the third treble and we've had one too many bad business decisions one too many bad football decisions and it's now caught up with us big style probably far quicker than anybody expected As the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And now the change has to come before January. The, the change has to come now and the change, the main change has to come in the summer and that's got to be, I'll have a look at the whole football structure, have a look at the whole CEO structure, uh, have a look at the whole, the way the whole club has run because we, we, we're going to need to downsize in the slim line. Every club's going to need to down, uh, downsize in slim line and again, this sounds like I'm absolutely depressing everybody here, eh? but <laughs> Some, one of our commenters says, well, we need to plan for next season. If they d decide to take that that choice, you could see four players leaving in January. You could see four players going in January for us to balance the books. If you're planning for next season. But, I mean, I think, uh, as I say, you need to salvage this season, Kevin, because 
you know, in a football park, we think that's a catastrophe if you don't win the league because we're football fans. But when you look at the financial impact on, on the business level, you're not winning 10 in a row. Uh, and, and then it's advantage Rangers as well in, in terms of what happens next. Then the board aren't just making this decision based on football. They need to make a decision based on turning this around in terms of the the league. Now, someone asked earlier on, do you think Celtic deserve, the players deserve to win 10 in a row? At the, this moment in time, no, absolutely not, because the team deserving uh, the league is sitting at the top of the league at the moment. We have not been at the races this season. Uh, and people you know, say, well, perhaps the board are going to leave it until the 20th, the quadruple treble weekend, historical weekend. Let's all not get misty-eyed about it. You know, by then we could have said bye-bye to the league. This is how serious this situation is. Kevin, we're talking about, you know, we might have to get a new manager in possibly by January, you know, however long that's going to take. It needs to happen now. We can't go out in the plane to Milan on Thursday with the current incumbent. We, we need to change that. We need to change it right now. The board, uh, Desmond and Peter Ball have already said that they're not going to change it. So That was yesterday, just, that was yesterday that, that, that and we've just yesterday. been knocked out another cup. My fear, and it's always been my fear, is I don't know what they'll do next. I don't know where they go after Neil Lennon. And at this precise moment in time and the utter mess that we are on the field, this could be a panic decision. I, I, don't, I don't know what they'll see. The next decision for me, I just want them to make a decision where I go, I can see your point in that decision. And I don't trust them to actually do that. I trust them to come up with another name, whoever whoever they're thinking about bringing it in. I'm still go I, I still reckon I'll be there questioning it, God. I didn't see I, I didn't see any point in that. Uh, I, I didn't see I don't understand where you're going for there. What we're looking for, we're looking for a dead cat bounce. Is that what we're looking for? We're actually looking for a manager to come in and give us that bounce for now at the end of the season. Is that it? Or are we going to no. look for again? No, what you're looking at, Kevin, is you're looking at what we currently have and the fact that it's not going to change. And the coaching staff that are in place are not going to get any bounce. They're not going to get anybody motivated. They're not going to get any spark because we've seen it time and time again. So if if the fear of what you're going to get next stops Celtic from making a decision, then they're, they're inept in their positions because sometimes in business you've got to take a risk. And this is one of those times. I fear what they're going to do next. I fear whether it's stick or twist. I fear what they're going to do next. I'm fearing the next twelve hours because I do not understand. I do not know what they're going to do next. What did they speak about in that Zoom call? Oh, let's create another lounge for them. What a load of rubbish, man! What a load of rubbish! Oh, we've had, we've spoken the changing rooms and uh, we've cleared it out. It didn't look like it. You've just came out and actually gave cliched rubbish today. Have a look at your own performances today. Oys, and I'm talking about the, the coaching staff as well. Have a look at your own performances. Did, did you actually, what did you sort out in the dressing room? Where you're gone on your Christmas night up? Is that well, what you sorted up? See the thing, Kevin, see with regards to this, and I think we all need to get over this a wee bit, is um, the players can play better than they did today. That team can perform better and achieve more than what they did today. And why aren't they doing it? Well, people need to realise that sometimes in modern football, because, I mean, we know how modern football works, it's player power. Kevin, so if they're not performing for Neil Lennon, it doesn't mean to say they're not going to perform for someone else coming in. And people, like Colin says there, 
you can't expect us to have all the answers. We sometimes get a wee heads up here and there uh, and we try and share that in such a way that we're not saying we're in the know. And we try to share that to people that tune into a Celtic state of mind. Do you honestly believe for a moment, despite the Zoom calls, Kevin, um, because in many ways I feel that's a smokescreen, do you honestly believe this Celtic board haven't considered a replacement this season? Do you think they haven't considered any kind of succession planning? You would hope they would have. But again, I believe nothing that they say. I actually believe nothing that they tell me. Um, they, look, after the after the cup final when Neil, when Neil Lennon was appointed, I says at the time, Neil didn't deserve to be appointed that way. That was a mm-hmm. terrible way to appoint the manager. And it just seemed haphazard on the back of a fag packet. Aye, right, we'll just do it. It, sounded, it looked like a rash decision at the time. Probably it wasn't. It was probably the only decision that was ever on the cards while they allowed us to get carried away with names like Vila Boas and Benitez and stuff like that. But again, they've came out and backed him. And if, if he, they've backed a man, why have they backed a man? What's Neil Lennon got? Did he go to one of these parties in Sandy Lanes and he's got some pictures of incriminate Peter Wall and Dermot Desmond or something like that? They can't, for, as a business, they can't hang on to a manager that the players have clearly chucked it. There's an incredible amount of um, attachment, I, I feel, between uh, Peter Lowell and John Kennedy and Neil Lennon. There's obviously an affection there, isn't there? Um, but again, as I've said time and time again, sentimentality means nothing in football. And if we actually want to turn this around, it's massive. In order for this to be turned around, it is a huge uh, sea change the magnitude I can't even describe. And the only way to do that, Kevin, is by taking a big, big risk. You've got to remove the entire coaching staff. And, and by the way, I think the only one that should survive that is Stevie Woods. And I've said that time and time mm-hmm. again. Um, and then you bring in, you bring in a new coaching staff. And that, that is what we need to do. And we need to do it immediately. Maybe Stevie Woods and the iPad because they took a three-year insurance policy on <laughs> Gavin, Gavin, Gavin oh. Strang's iPad. I, um, but I'll say this now. If we turn this round, whether with the current management staff, which I don't think will actually happen, or with whoever they bring in, it will be our greatest title ever. I'll say that just now. <laughs> I tell you what, Kevin, when you speak about that iPad, when the second goal for Ross County went in, they're sitting looking at a MacBook. I, I think they're upgrading the, the whole IT system in there, but Jesus, honestly, he could have been looking at S1 jobs looking for his next job because he shouldn't have one. And going by the reports we're hearing from the comments, he might not have one in the next couple of minutes. Ooh. Who's that? Neil Lennon. Ooh. Neil Lennon. A lot of reports saying that he's, he's out the door and there's a big crowd gathered outside Celtic Park from what I've seen. Well, Kevin, sorry, on you go. Hopefully they're all social distance, wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, even even if you try and focus on what happened today, it, it's difficult because it was such a poor performance. I mean, I remember when Neil Lennon took the job first time round on an interim basis in, in the game at Hamden Park where Ross County beat us 2-0. Uh, there's an irony in that because obviously around about that time, um, I think a lot of Celtic fans were thinking Lenny's not the man. At that time... I can guarantee you there were people in for the job. I can guarantee you that. 
because that's the information I've been provided with over the last few days, which I've shared uh, with a couple of people in relation to where we are now. So I can guarantee you that uh, Celtic at that time had plenty of people looking for the job. And what Celtic did at that time is they appointed Neil Lennon. They showed a huge amount of faith in Neil Lennon back then, um, you know, because we always give Lenny the credit for picking up the reins twice. But we gave a rookie manager his chance. Um, and I remember, I always remember the, the Ross County game. The week before that, Ross County were playing Dunfermline at East End Park. I just so happened to be at that game, not as a spectator. And uh, Neil Lennon left at half time. He'd seen enough. Ross County obviously went on to beat us and they've done the same today uh, once again. Now, Colin, could you expand on uh, some of the chat that you're hearing in relation to an announcement? Just hearing there's an announcement expected soon that uh, Lennon has been sacked. Um, it's doing the rounds on social media. We'll believe it when we see it, but I think if that is indeed the case, then it's definitely not unexpected. Um, okay. And there is there is crowds gathered outside Celtic Park. You can see them. Um, there's there's quite a few. I think that's maybe the the farewell sign for for uh, Lawwell and the board to take a look and see the fans are revolting and um, there is no way back for Lennon. No, there, there is no way back. And, you know, I'm going to try and get through as many of the comments as possible because we're peaking uh, in the live broadcast today uh, around 3,000, which is unbelievable <laughs> figures. I mean, we have had, because obviously the, the broadcast continue afterwards and people watch them retrospectively, we've had some incredible figures, but nothing uh, anywhere near 3,000 live. Celtic fans want answers. They want action. Um, from Facebook, uh, we bought a season, season tickets on the back. Um, of moral blackmail of the 10 by the club against the backdrop of a global pandemic and massive unemployment. And this is what is delivered by all. Utterly shameful by all. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're not entitled to win anything. Um, and Kevin's already mentioned that. And, and obviously we, would, we don't expect to, to, to win anything. What you expect, though, is a much higher standard than what we have been served up. There are huge problems at Celtic Park at the moment. All we've been hearing, Kevin, is this notion that we're all in it together. This has been the collective message that's come out of Celtic. The, the players have let us down. They've let Neil Lennon down. The coaching staff have let Neil Lennon down. But Neil Lennon needs to take... The hit, and it's Neil Lennon that needs to, if he doesn't walk, he needs to be removed from office. You can then take it a step further, Kevin, because I know that you have continually mentioned that the rot set in when he was given the job in the first place. You know, I can get your, your thinking on that, but if you win a treble, and we look as though we are going to win a treble, but who knows on the 25th of December from last season, then, you know, they, they will feel justified in giving Neil Lennon a job permanently. But we need to deal with where we are just now. Get the sentimentality out of the way and make that change. Colin, keep an eye on that uh, breaking news if it does come in. Mm-hmm. Will do. What I, would, what I would say, you watch our performances this season and we look like a Neil Lennon side we look like Brendan Rodgers' side, like before the, the six months before Brendan left. We looked completely devoid of ideas. And we didn't look, look like we were regressing at an awful rate. Um, and I think that came in. Right, Neil could have won a... He might, we might still do the treble on the 20, 20th of December, who knows? But at that point, I says that I didn't think that Neil Lennon was a good fit, fit for where the club was going, where the club was. And I'm absolutely saddened to be proved right. I'm absolutely, because I never wanted it to be proved right. Um, but the warning signs were there. I mean, 
Neil, Neil has to have a look at himself. Neil has to have a look whether he can turn it round. It's quite obvious for what's too many, too many reports, too many rumours now that he's maybe walked himself. He's maybe went, I can't, I can't do this. There's been a conscious uncoupling, uh, to quote Chris Martin. Um, so it's up to the... It's We're up not to, putting that on a T-shirt, mate. <laughs> that's, that's your worst yet <laughs> right, Chris, right. Chris Martin quotes no we're not having that but what what you said on Friday Paul on, on Sky Sports was right we all wanted Lenny to, to we, I would love nothing better than, than Neil Lennon lifting a treble I, would, I wanted nothing better than Neil Lennon lifting the 10 but unfortunately it's been beyond him it has been beyond him it doesn't silly for me what he's gave to Celtic Football Club but what what actually what actually silly is it for me is the fact is this has went on far too long. He he never lost he, he never lost his job or the board never the board never took action when we could all see this coming weeks and weeks ago. The fact that they've let it go far too long and the only the only part of that decision, the only logic to that decision is a sentimentality, that the reason that you're still here for today. It would appear that uh, Lenny has faced the press. Uh, keep yep. us updated on that, because obviously we're we're tuned into the broadcast, so uh, the sound's down on the game and we're, we're watching it, etc. So keep us updated. Um, but people are saying that he looks like a, a beaten man and he's talking very poorly. Um, yep. Surely, surely Colin Neil Lennon knows time is up. Well, not going by his comments after the game, I'm just reading them here. We had total domination. We're just in a bad moment. Uh, lack the cutting edge. It's the same stuff week after week after week. Doesn't look as if he's going to be resigning. He'd probably need to get pushed out the door. But from what I'm hearing, the crowds are really gathering outside Celtic Park. Um, I've been told by a couple of people that I know that stay up that way um, that they're heading over there now as well. So who knows? It's, uh, it's certainly interesting. Brian McLean, welcome to the show, Brian. You're commenting via Twitter. Um, I think for the first time ever, if we had the capabilities, we would have a phone in. We'd get, we'd get a few fans on this show um, because I just think it could go on for a four or five hours until we get a, an announcement from Celtic Park. Uh, from Team Leaks, unfit players, players on their phones, on the bench, ball and goalie, no professionalism. Um, it's a great point because, you know, when I speak about players undermining the manager, and I mentioned that the other day, Kev, when I was chatting to Charles Patterson, who's a, who's a lovely fella by the way um, I think that there have been players undermining the manager uh, Lee Griffiths we're moving into December he's no fit Ball and Golly thinks it's okay to jump on a plane and go to Spain El Yanusi I wasn't in isolation too concerned about that but he shouldn't be doing it he's on his phone when he's been subbed off and the team leaks I think that shows the wilder culture uh, and the cultural issue within Celtic Park. And that's not going to change unless we get a new man. Where it looks to me as if if someone was doing that to the manager, it looks to me as though it's disrespectful. You don't respect the guy in charge. Why would you try and get away with that? Um, I mean, a Lee Griffiths situation it is absolutely disgraceful that a player can't get fit by December when we're trying to go for 10 in a row. And that that's a player who needs to take that one on, on the chin himself. But the, the larger aspect of that is that these guys don't have the respect to their manager. They don't respect their manager and they think it's okay to get away with this kind of behaviour, completely undermining Neil Lennon. So yeah, the players need to take um, responsibility for their own actions and their own underperformance, but it's not going to change. This is the thing I keep coming back to. It's not going to change until you move the manager. No, definitely. The, the, the culture comes from the top 
and Neil's uh, Neil's comments since the start of the season, post-match and pre-match have been completely bizarre at times. Have been completely contradictory, and there's never there's never been a coherent message came for the club this season. It's almost as if like they've they've melted under the pressure inside of the pressure that they're putting on themselves to actually deliver this, and there doesn't seem to be a clear focus, clear vision, clear clear pushing pulling on the right direction. He, he hasn't the, the coaching staff, and we're going to need to actually keep on saying the coaching staff in this. The coaching staff haven't dragged the squad with them. The squad haven't bought into what's ever happening. I mean, you hear the players saying, I even read this morning that Moy was saying that nothing's changed, nothing's changed for last season. Well, something definitely has, because the performances that they're turning up, turning up and producing, are absolutely rank, absolutely rotten. And, I mean, have we got a sense of entitlement? This troubles me, saying that we've got a sense of entitlement, because I think all football fans have got a sense of entitlement. I think it's one of, one of the crutches that, that we actually uh, rest our fandom on, that we have got a sense of entitlement. But I think I can truly say, for being a Celtic supporter for over 40 odd years, that we're not as knee-jerk as some supports. We actually have gave managers, board members, uh, players, like time, more time than they would have been afforded in other clubs, because I do see us as a sort of intelligent. We are an intelligent support. We are, we are a footballing support, and sometimes we know if that game today, if we had created twenty-five chances, hit the bar five times, if their keeper had a wonder game, would have just went. That was bad luck. We would have knew ourselves that is the luck of football. If that, if those type of games had been happening all this season, we'd be going, look, someone's against us, fates are against us here, this will turn round. But we're not seeing any of that. We're just completely flat and devoid of any sort of inspiration. You no, know, you're absolutely right. Imagine, I mean, let, let's talk about it. We're, we're calling it the end of an era. Imagine getting knocked out a, a, a cup and you have thrown everything on the kitchen sink at it and you've had a great performance, Kevin, like you say, and mm-hmm. one comes off the post and the goalie has the game of his life. We have gone out there with a whimper, a whimper. That record has ended absolutely shockingly because, by the way, and we say that at the very top of the show, you know, all credit to Ross County, but Celtic were absolutely pathetic today. The performance was shocking. So we've gone out and that, you know, it's tough, but you're going to remember how we went out today. And if nothing changes... You know, then you're starting to look at the decision making of those in charge at Celtic Park. Who, Kevin, you make a great point. They're silent. They're silent on this subject. They've been quiet to the fan base all season long, and that's unacceptable. You've had the normal leaks to the journalists that they usually speak to, mm-hmm. saying, eh, "Oh, we'll, we'll." As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We're backing them, we're backing our man, we're doing this, we're doing that, but they've never came out and says it. I mean, I remember Ronnie Dyler, when we got put out of the Champions League, Peter Wall done an interview. Uh, the day after we got put out, put out of, from Mulder, well, uh, Peter Wall came out and faced faced the the press. Uh, right, it was a scripted it was a scripted um, press conference, right enough. But he's been completely silent on this. 
Um, and it just shows you that he probably thinks that we're, we're, we're wrong. We're probably hysterical to him. We're probably saying, no, no, we're fine, we're fine. That this, you've all sorted out. Neil Lennon's a great Celtic man. He knows, he, knows the, he knows the city, he knows a player. Well, it's proven that's not the case. It's proven that's not the case, uh, especially this season. And the longer they go on with the silence, they, they, well, I think they're guilty anyway. But they're going to just show show signs of more guilt. This season, this is like this is like the Celtic board opening up their exam results and wondering why they failed history, not realising that they walked out the exam fifteen minutes in it, and they're actually surprised that they failed. Um, that's it's a horrible situation for them because I'm sure that they, they have got some personnel that they have. They have Neil as their friend, Neil, but. That has to, they have to look by that now for the sake of Neil Lennon. For they have to make the decision. See if it's not today. What does it actually take? <laughs> Genuinely, what does it actually take? Like, how can how can it go any worse from today? You've been knocked out the League Cup. You've won two in ten games. We've been knocked out of three tournaments this season already, and right, it's only so, it's only November. So what does it actually take? There's your treble. <laughs> It's, That's how bad it's got. We've been knocked out of three tournaments already. So, Colin, you're 100% correct in your assertion. What does it take for Neil Lennon to be relieved of his duties? Because if it's not what we've just been served up with there, um, then I don't know what it is. And that concerns me even more. I mean, you, you don't want a lynch mob. You don't want that to happen at Celtic Park, right? Yeah. Um, but players, uh, fans rather, are reacting. They're reacting because we can't go to the games. We can't let people know how we feel vocally at the games, as we always have been able to. Um, we're all in an unusual situation. So uh, the podcasting game, obviously, uh, allows people to get on broadcast like a Celtic state of mind and air their views, vent their anger and their frustration. Um, and that's exactly what we're doing today. And as I say, there's a huge amount of people coming on because that is how frustrated they are. Um, it makes no difference to us. We're not a clickbait site. It doesn't matter if three people listen or 3,000. We don't make money out of this broadcast. Trust us in terms of how many people are on or not. So it, it's just refreshing to know that most people now, Kevin, um, are sharing their views. Because I think when I said at uh, Pataudry, uh, Colin was a wee bit earlier than me, he was talking about this after the Ferencvaros game, that Neil Lennon has to go. You know, it seemed to me as though the majority of Celtic fans disagreed with that. Where do you think we are now in relation to that? I think you, know, you would probably say 99.9% of the Celtic fans, if you asked them at this precise moment in time, in the emotional moment after a defeat at home to Ross County in the League Cup, to lose your first Cup game in four years, 99.9% of them would probably go, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. It's not a one-off. That, that's the whole thing. It's not a one-off. No. We've seen play, we've been playing like this since the start of the season. Well, let's not let's not beat about the bush here. We've been playing like this since the start of the season, and results actually papered over a lot of a, a lot of problems that we're having. Yeah, the, the, the club's not moving forward. The club's not improving. We've spent an awful lot of money, and we, mm. we keep on saying that this board have a look at the money situation. They must be sitting there going, we backed you in the summer. We made sure that nobody left in the summer. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. They players that weren't allowed to leave might just be, they, they could have checked out, been going, I'm not interested in this. I'm not interested in playing. I can't listen to what he's telling me anymore. 
it was quite interesting to hear Gary Holt actually say that some jobs just run their course mm-hmm. when, when he left Livingston this week. And we've got to that point, I think. I think we've really got to that point. The job has run its course. When you look no, at you're absolutely well, right. Sorry, Paul. I was saying, when you look at it as well, you're going into the game against Milan on Thursday night. Is anyone really expecting anything out of that? Even if we were on a good run of form, going to the San Siro and getting something? So you're now talking 2 and 11? Two. Where does it go on? We, there doesn't seem to be... Everyone keeps saying there'll be a turning point, there'll be a turning point, but no, this is meant to be the start of the, the easier run of games and you go and lose to a Ross County side who absolutely deserved it. The boy Ross Stewart up front was outstanding. Superb. Absolutely outstanding today. And you look at the first goal, the boy Reed, he takes three or four Celtic players out of the game by doing nothing. He kicks the ball forward and three and four Celtic players just collapse around him. The ball comes across and Julian doesn't get out the road for the penalty. Mm-hmm. It's, it just seems as though we're trudging towards nothingness and that's the way it's going. And it's unacceptable, but the only way, Colin, to, to make any kind of stab at that, any kind of change at that, to change the direction, is by making a change. It doesn't matter what Neil Lennon does. It doesn't matter what personnel he picks, what shape he sets up as. It doesn't matter what players he brings in in January if he's still here. It's not working. So we can all see it as fans. As I say, the vast majority of fans can see it. And I think, uh, obviously, we've tried to air the views of fans who disagree with that, Colin. But, you know, we've dedicated shows to people who think Neil Lennon is the man. Uh, And I think, quite honestly, uh, on the show in question, the reasons given were the reasons why Neil Lennon should stay, actually. And that that is the whole um, aspect of why Neil Lennon uh, shouldn't be here because they, they cannot be backed up with facts. They can't be justified. It's a loyalty that certain people have to Neil Lennon because of what he's achieved at the club previously and what he's gone through as a player and manager of this club. And that, that's where the sentimentality comes in. But we're at, we're at a club now where, unless we make the change, you know, as I say, there's absolutely no way that this is going to turn around. So, uh, Colin, you're having a wee giggle there. Is there more news coming in? No, I'm just, waiting on Kevin? The, I'm just waiting on the latest Graham family running after what <laughs> happened on Thursday night. Oh, I'm, just tell, I'm, I'm just telling my daughter to start the homemade soup. That's a good shout. But well, again, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of good shouts. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of good shouts, and by the way, I don't even feel comfortable speaking about potential replacements because I, th- I oh, feel no. it, it can be disrespectful to the person who's still got the job. But we need to plan ahead, and this is the thing: we're fans, but the people who um, make the, the big decisions at Celtic and who are paid handsomely for making the big decisions must already have a plan in place. They should have a plan in place for the end of this season. If it can be brought forward to now, they need to have a contingency, and that's what running a big club like Celtic entails. And if you're not up to that job, then maybe you need to go away as well definitely yeah. uh, 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 you've, 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 made the, you've made the point Paul that instead of having a look at £4 million on a project or £3 million on a project you spend the £3 million, £4 million on a manager that's what you do. That's the level that you should. That's the level that we should be at. And again, Kevin, that's not Kevin, that's, I would sell Edward to get in a, a better manager. I would sell him. Uh, Colin, you're screwing your face up. What's he given us this season? 
What's he given us this season? What did he do today? The guy's checked out. He's checked out. And I'll tell you what, if it meant we brought in a brand new management team of a different level, I would get rid of him because he's he's actually conning us as a fan base now. It's about time the players got a bit of flack as well. By the way, box stops at Lenny, 100%. But that team we've watched this season are a shadow of the Celtic side that we watched last season. No, I agree with you there. But when you talk about potentially selling Eddie, you get a new manager in. It shouldn't be the case that, that that's where we need to go to. You can't say that... I'm not saying we need... Wait a minute, Colin. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need to sell a player to get a manager in. What I'm saying to you is if that guaranteed you a higher level of manager, like Kevin says there, £5 million, whatever it might be, I would definitely take it. I would definitely twist on that one. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, when you look at Eddie's performances when he goes away to the France under-21 side... And you see what he puts in there. I mean, what would it take to get a manager like that in? We're not saying it's going to take twenty million pounds to get a decent manager in. There's good managers that are out there that are not that are looking for a job. And if we can't put that investment in to get a decent manager in, then that's got to be something that the board looks at in total. Kevin, I, I uh, sorry, Colin, we might not be in that position. We uh, may not be in that position to do that. I don't. I honestly think under a different manager that you can progress players. You look at guys, like, and again, you don't want to mention too many replacements because you get people saying, not this guy, not that guy, but someone like Eddie Howe could come in and bring forward players. He'd done it when he was at Bournemouth. He developed so many players, guys like Callum Wilson, that went on to have great careers. You can't say that that wouldn't happen to, to Edward as well. I think, no, listen, you're. I know exactly what you mean. We've seen what Edward can do. We've seen what he can do, but if he chucked it in the first half of the season, which has resulted in us getting bounced out of three competitions, I'm not being funny with you, Colin. I, I don't want to see him at Celtic. It gets to that point. Players need to take responsibility. Now, the the vast uh, demise of Edward in a Celtic jersey, as you say, he can go and play for France and give us a performance. It's about time the players were called out on this as well. So if you could sell him and bring in a manager who might be able to improve six, seven, eight of that current that current squad, that's a much bigger impact than what Eddie's going to give us. Much bigger impact because I don't even think anybody that's not been trying for Neil Lennon, I don't even think they deserve to be at Celtic. We don't know who the players are. I'm just looking at performances though. When you look at what happened with Leicester, they got they went and won the title under Ranieri, then the players literally stopped playing for them and they got the replacement in. Mm-hmm. But you look at a guy like Jamie Vardy that's going on scoring 20 odd goals a season, he basically wasn't performing under Ranieri, but it didn't make him a bad player. He went on and he's still scoring the goals for them. All I'm saying is if you get a, dis- a different manager in, someone that can get the best out of these players, we may actually see them return to form. Uh, we may do, Colin, but to get that best manager in, in terms of a financial package, you're talking millions and millions of pounds because it's a, you know, you're actually getting rid of someone who's in contract times three to bring in another three. It's a massive, it's a massive investment, but it's one Celtic need to make. Now, Stephen Crow, no ex-players, no ex-managers get a proper manager and stop the sentimental nonsense. I agree with that. What's your thoughts, Kevin? I think the problem that we have got is the downsizing that's going to come post-COVID. And um, any manager that comes in has got to be a development manager. Any manager that comes in has got to develop players. And they've got to double down on the model that hasn't worked. Um, So you're looking at somebody like... For, for example, an Eddie Howe or a 
boy Wagner was at Huddersfield, even though he's had a horrendous time since he's left Huddersfield. You're looking at someday. You're, you're looking at someday. It's going to come in and actually develop players because the money, the money, the money that we're going to lose uh, this season going into next season is staggering. It is going to be staggering, and the board have got to factor that into account. So what what you say, what you say, Paul, is probably no far for the no far for the truth. You could probably will probably sell Eddie and Ayer to fund whatever rebuilding that we need to do. And part of that rebuilding will be the backroom. And maybe a director of football and maybe the whole restructure of the club. What we need uh in the short term, Kevin, is we need uh some form of revitalization. And when you're looking at the the situation we're currently in, um Darren G makes the point, formation systems, clearly their talks, training programmes, nothing will change with this management. Um, I, I totally agree with that, Colin. And I think that uh, the, only, the only way to change it and salvage anything from the season is simply by getting a new team in, in place. Now, have you seen any names that, that you think are um, reasonable and realistic? I mean, I've just seen the comments for what I said about Eddie Howe, so I mean, it doesn't matter who you say. There's Celtic fans going to say that he's, he's won nothing or he's done this or he's done that. There's been a lot of names coming in on the comments. Look, when you look at it, there'll definitely be a lot of applications for the job. I mean, if anyone that watched the Harps documentary, they've seen they got over 100 applications for their job. And you're looking at a team like Celtic, there's going to be hundreds of applications for the Celtic job as well. It's whether we get the right manager in. Now, when we look at the appointment of Ronnie Dyla, he was a, a forward-thinking manager, but he didn't get the respect of the players around him, and that inevitably came with his downfall. You bring in someone like Brendan Rodgers, like you're saying, a, a kind of top-level manager, hadn't necessarily won anything. In fact, I think he won one playoff. That was about it with Swansea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we knew he was a top-level manager. There's guys out that are like that out there that will be looking to revive their careers and they might see that the Celtic job is a way forward the same way that Stephen Gerrard has took the Rangers job as his first step to then progress on to something else after that. I, I didn't want to go down the celebrity manager route. I didn't want the celebrity manager route where you look at Derby County and even Rangers go, and go with Gerrard because you just get known as Wayne Rooney's Derby County and like Frank Lampard's Derby County and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But what he says about Dyla. Brendan Rodgers had the same philosophy as Dyla, but it was an upgrade on Dyla if you get his message across. He commanded the respect to the same squad, which rejected what Dyla was telling them as well. When we, when Dyla, when Rodgers left, we should have continued that. That should have been the continuation at that point. That should have been the level that we should have been pitching that job at. We didn't. And this is, this is the outcome of not pitching that job at that level. Um, so it goes back to them and this is that's the level that we're going to need to pitch it at again and you're right Colin there will be folk beating down the door to get that Celtic job there'll be folk beating down that door to get the Celtic job even in this even in this season which has got such a connection to the 10 which is such a like a stressful season managers will come in and any manager that comes in if he's there for long term he'll go He'll, he'll come in and go, even if I lose this league, I'm no out of my ear in the summer. So you're either, we're either going to get a short-term manager 
which will be an ex an ex manager that's probably going to come back, or we'll get a long term manager and we'll get and we'll get told if it happens this season, great, but he's here for the long term, and that needs to get made clear to the support when whatever appointments made, if an appointments made, when an appointments made. What is <laughs> Well, what is the alternative if an appointment isn't made? If, if a decision is not made, what's the alternative, Colin? If we wake up tomorrow, uh, obviously there's a bulletin due at 12.30 and we're prepared for that bulletin because, Kevin, you'll be on it. And um, it's a status quo. What then? It just, it just carries on, isn't it? It's Groundhog Day. You wake up and it's the same thing all over again. And it will go on to Thursday night and then we go and play Milan. And I don't think we'll beat Milan. I don't I think I could see it getting pretty bad against Milan because they're a very good side at the minute so what happens then does he go after that if he doesn't you go on to St Johnston at the weekend and it just goes on and on and on the only people that can make a difference now is Peter Lawwell on the board we've had our say the fans have had a say that's it if they, if they don't listen to the fans then I don't know what it takes for something to to change when you look at what happened when Ronnie Dyla was leaving it was the the game against Rangers at Hamden, when Roderick missed the penalty, Dermot Desmond stepped in to make the change. Mm. He's He's got to sit there and look at that as well. It's his investment. Does he think it's going in the right way? What is the consequences if he doesn't get what we set out to do at the start of the season? If, it just if, seems to go on and on. If there's no change, if, if we keep the status quo, then we're just going to go down, down, deeper and down. And we as well fly into Milan on a paper plane. Because nothing will change. Well, nothing will change if we don't change the the coaching setup, Kevin. Uh, Neil Lennon seems to have come out and said that nothing is going to change. He's going to get up tomorrow and go about his business. Uh, Colin, you say the the Celtic fans have a voice, and we do. Uh, there's all, also a group of fans, obviously, making their way to Celtic Park to make their feelings known. We can do so uh, on our own platform, a Celtic State of Mind, which we're doing uh, live on a, a daily basis. I think that uh, over time we've had quite a sea change in opinion because when the suggestion started just a few weeks back that Neil Lennon should be removed, the uh, the backlash uh, was unbelievable, to be honest with you. But I think now when you're looking at it, I'm finding very, very few people coming in in support of Neil Lennon. There's a sad resignation to a lot of Celtic fans where they just feel that this season is going to go from bad to worse. Uh, when, if and when, Colin, a new manager comes in and we see an upsurge in the performances, how would that make you feel as a Celtic supporter? <laughs> Paul, I don't know. I generally don't know. You want, you want to go into a game to see Celtic go and win and be comfortable and be the team that they can be. But at the minute, the performances have just completely deflated you to the point where I'm not even angry at today's result because I half expected it at the start of the game. And at half time, you asked, could we change it around? I didn't think we could. And I was proven right. It just, we've went on, it's been on so long where the anger sort of just moved out and it's just disappointment. And it just keeps continuing until we get a new manager in. Now, the point coming through on Facebook, it's naive to think any of the good shouts are realistic targets. Do you trust the board? If and when Neil Lennon goes, we will get another project in the mould of Ronnie Dyla. Um, I think we're in unprecedented times. We've not seen a situation like this, obviously, in the last 10 years. 
and uh, we need to do what's right for the, the time being, Colin. We can't look back and at this moment in time we can't even say that we're looking for a project in the Mouldy Ronnie Dyla because we don't have that luxury at this moment in time. If you're going to ask me what I think the board are going to do, I think they're going to stick with their man. They're going to stick with Neil Lennon. They're going to actually watch uh, a most historical season fritter away in front of their eyes. If they do make a change, if, if the change gets to the, if the situation gets to the point where they do make a change, I don't think they're going to make a change based on what the fans want anyway. They'll probably go like they did when Strachan was uh, appointed as the coach. They'll probably go with someone that they're in dialogue with, someone that they think they can trust. Um, and then you're probably looking at Martin O'Neill or Gordon Strachan. Now, as is that going to be a big enough change to revitalise the Celtic team? Uh, well, Martin O'Neill's a figurehead, of course he is, he's a Celtic legend, but so is Neil Lennon. Gordon Strachan is all about discipline, he's about fitness. But, I mean, it's been a while since he managed successfully in club football. So I would not be convinced that they changes would be for the betterment of Celtic football club. So that's why we need to make a big change. So the good shouts that we do here uh, on a Celtic state of mind, actually, is there any such thing, Colin? Because any, any name you say, you're going to get people shooting you down either. Yeah. Or we can't get them, or they're, they're not good enough um, but it's a risk of course it's a risk but in big businesses and at big football clubs at this level from time to time you need to make take a risk a risk when was the last time Peter Lowell took a risk probably when he appointed Brendan Rodgers when you think of the money that was spent on bringing someone like Brendan Rodgers in the revenue wasn't coming in at the time the top deck was closed but what happened when you spend a bit of money actually you started to see the results coming in from it. You were selling out the season tickets, you were getting more fans at the ground, there was more fans buying merchandise. It generated itself. Now, when you listen to um, Fergus McCann, when he was talking about building the 60,000-seater stadium, build it and they will come. Yeah, okay, but speculate to accumulate. Get If you spend the money now, you'll get it back because the fan base is loyal and they will support the team. But you've got to show that you're putting the same amount of effort in as what the fans are. I put you on the spot there by asking when the last time was that Peter Lowell took a risk. But I, I do disagree with that. I think that was, um, you know, that was much less of a risk because what you were bringing in there is you were bringing in brand Brendan, um, and the whole thing was was not just on a football level, but as you said, Colin, uh, everything else. Uh, turned up a notch in terms of merchandise and season tickets. Uh, it was a commercial appointment as much as it was a football uh, appointment. Um, I don't think there's been many occasions because it's all been very calculated throughout his tenure since 2003. Very much a, a calculated process. Um, it's right now, and it's not knee-jerk because it's not one result. It's been uh, months in the making. It's right now that we need to see a risk. Kevin Graham, do you think that the Celtic boards, um, as they sit currently, are going to are going to take that risk? Are they capable of taking that risk? They're very risk adverse, uh, uh, as you've uh, as you've pointed out. Um, I mean, you'll have a look at it. You see, when, when did Peter Wall last take a risk? He probably took a risk in 2011 by not signing Stephen Fletcher. Um, that when we were eight points clear at the top of the league. Uh, and that was the year that that, that, that was the year that uh, what was his name? Suntan guy went to Sunderland. Martin Bain. That was the year Martin Bain told the Rangers supporters player of the year dance at one of the big hotel hotels in Glasgow that Peter Wall was Rangers player of the year. And that's what was said in front of an audience of eight hundred Rangers fans. 
and and he, and he was deadly serious when he says it. Um, he took a risk of pointing Neil Lennon the first time after Tony Mowbray um, because Lennon had no no experience. He took a risk by pushing through Ronnie Dyler. Again, another man that he could probably have controlled. Uh, another man who would be always thankful to Peter Wall for giving him a job in football. And he didn't take a risk with ben- Brendan Rodgers because that was quite clearly Dermot Desmond that done that. But then he took another risk appointing Neil Lennon again. And you can say it's the cheap option, but I say it's the easy option. You're talking about, sorry, the risk, the risk of Ronnie Dyla though, Kevin. You, we, we didn't have a challenge at that stage. I mean, let's be brutally honest. Uh, if you were going to bring in somebody who was going to be fairly risky, um, you know, a calculated risk, uh, someone who needed a bit of time uh, to implement their, you know, their, their ideas into the football club, then was the time. You know, we didn't have a resurgent Rangers. They weren't even in the league. Aye, but you're getting a clear run. You're getting a clear run at the Champions League, Paul. You're getting a clear run at Champions League qualifications. Uh, qualification. Uh, Qualification, that was right. I'm struggling to talk now. Um, and he brings in a guy that's no capable of delivering it. Ah, but that, we only know that in hindsight. When we when we brought in Ronnie Dyla, he was uh, very much sought after. Man City wanted him as part of their youth setup. They wanted him to run the youth setup at Manchester City. He was well known uh, around Europe, um, and he was a student of the game. But I take your point. I just don't think I don't think it, they take big risks. But now is the time because we're on unprecedented times. Um, we need to take that risk. Now, actually, because of the viewing, uh, the audience that have come in, uh, we could go on and on. Colin is going to have to leave us, but uh, Kevin and I will continue um, to try and work through some of the, the comments coming in. It seems as though there's quite a lot of Celtic fans outside the stadium at the moment. Um, so, Colin, thanks very much for joining us on a Celtic statement. Kevin and I will continue um, and try and work through a few more of the comments coming out. And uh, hopefully, when we speak to you during the week, Colin, uh, changes will have been made. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but here's what All right, voice. take it out. So, Kevin, you can still hear me, yeah? I can still hear you, Paul, yes. Good lad. Now, Jungle Lion is uh, telling us that there's a huge crowd at Celtic Park. Um, Kevin, I mean, people say that we're spoiled, you know, that uh, this is a an elitism. Um, you know, I don't get that. I don't get that because you're demanding the best from your football club. I don't see that as being spoiled. Um, I think we need to demand that. And the only way you can do it is by, at this moment in time, putting it on a platform to a lot of Celtic supporters like we're doing, or actually doing what the Green Brigade done uh, last week in terms of the banner, or going and protesting outside the, outside the stadium. So I don't think that is panty-wetting or elitist at all. No, I don't think so either. As I say, I think all football fans have got a sense of entitlement. Um, our sense of entitlement is maybe greater than other fans, uh, because of the success that we've had, the historical success that we've had, and the size of the football club, but it's as I says I says about fifteen minutes ago. I think we're an intelligent support. I think we were not a knee-jerk, we're not a knee-jerk support, and I mean we're getting reports coming through of trouble at Parkhead, and that, that for me that disappoints me. That really, really disappoints me. That has got to this point of potential civil unrest. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading that lord looking comment there. Eh? Um, and I mean, that, that's not needed. We, we, we can peacefully protest. 
Um, but it's a, it's a frustration. I says about the Green Brigade banner that it felt real for me when I actually saw that. I mean, I spoke on here that after the Aberdeen game, I thought Neil's time was up then. Um, but when I saw that banner, it felt it felt uh, real for me. Um, and if there is protests outside Celtic Park, well, obviously we're getting a load of comments. Of people are having a look on Twitter and social media and stuff like that, which we are not. Um, then that 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 is that is shame. That's that's a shame that it's come to that protest outside the government. But it's it's old school, ain't it? That's what happens. This this is how football fans get their get get their um, point across. The protest, the shout and scream. Um, I mean, I, I was thinking about that at the, at the final at the final at the final whistle today. I'm going. If I was in the ground, well, actually. Would I actually applauded the team for the fact that they've gave us four years of unbeaten cup ties? But I went, thanks a lot, lads. It reminded me, I was taken back to the game when we lost Invincible, when we got absolutely gubbed 4 nothing at Tynecastle. And the support that day gave the Celtic Celtic team an utter standing ovation for what they had delivered to us. Mm-hmm. And that team wouldn't have got that today. They would have been booed and they would have been... The stadium would have been empty by the time the final whistle would have went. They wouldn't have got the respect, and they they would have been afforded, but they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it for the last ten games. That been they've been absolutely clueless in the last ten games, and they've got to have a look at themselves. Look at themselves. But we all know, we all know that as soon as a new manager comes in, they'll be fine. You are going to get a bounce. You will get a bounce because there is too much quality in that squad for you not to get a bounce. No, Kevin, you're absolutely right. But I mean, people, there is a fear factor. And this is what we're talking about um, when Charles asked me about an obsession. Uh, And when you're looking at, uh, it's never changed. It's always been an obsession, right? So it just so happens that this year the obsession is 10 in a row. But whatever you are faced with, your obsession is to to win the league. So back in the day when we were protesting outside Celtic Park, it was because we wanted to win the league. We wanted to be a successful football team, and we've seen it crumbling around our ears. We've seen the, uh, you know, a, a stadium that hadn't had enough investment for decades, for generations. We had a team that had very very little people in it uh, of any note. We had a management system that that was failing. Even the youth development was failing, and at the very core of that was the board were failing. Now. Fast forward to now, and we're in a situation where we've had unprecedented success for a whole decade, Kevin. People think that the minute you're unhappy with the result, that you're being spoiled. No, it's just that we have always been obsessed with being the top club in the country, and that's never ever changed. It just so happens we're going for 10. So be it stopping the 10 or going for the 10, the obsession remains the same. And by the way, I don't take that as a slight, because if I didn't care, then I would be more worried. Have we always been obsessed with being the top club in the country? Um, I, I kind of, I, I, I would take a different view on that. I think we've always been obsessed with having a team that's fit to wear the jersey and represent us. And when, when you look at the Tommy's teams, look back on Fondly, we never won nothing, but they're still remembered as great Celtic sides, even though we, we never won nothing. I think we just want to see a team that reflects our, our passion and our faith. Um, you, look, you look at what we're doing for the 24-hour charity. That's brilliant. That is what the Celtic, that is what Celtic culture is all coming together. And especially this post-COVID um, time, I, I, I said to you during the summer that I, 
I actually sometimes think that the results only a slight part of being a Celtic fan. It's the camaraderie. It's the being together. It's being part of something. And I think at the moment on, on the part, because we're not in the stadiums, we don't feel like we're part of it. And I think we feel a lot of, uh, I think we feel disconnected to the board. Uh, I think we feel disconnected to the players. Um, but that, that's just me. Uh, my, my obsession's always been, I always want a Celtic team that I've been proud of. And... When you're talking about the 90s, we had an obsession of being the top club. There was sometimes we just had an obsession to finish third. Some seasons, instead of finishing fifth and fourth, we wanted to finish above Motherwell. Um, so we've come a long, long way since the days, Paul. Uh, but my, my obsession's never changed since I first started going to watch Celtic. I just want a team that represents me, and I'm proud to actually say I support them. Well, the team you're watching now, does that represent you? No. Are you proud to support that team that, that went out today? I'm always going to be proud to support Glasgow Celtic. I'm always going to be proud, proud to support Celtic. I'm talking about that team, not the club. That team that was on that pitch today, were you proud to watch their performance today? Because I, was I thought it was a disgrace. It was a disgrace. I wasn't proud of it. Uh, they, they, don't re- they don't represent the amount of emotion that we put into the game today. We've probably put in a, a lot more emotion on this broadcast than some of the players did today. Philip DeMarco, I wasn't going to mention the appearance the other day because I think most people have seen it and they've had their say and they've slagged me off and everything else and that's fine. Uh, but just just so that you know, that you, you get absolutely nothing for doing something like that. And the reason I did it was because I feel that it's important that you contribute to the narrative as a football fan. And that's what I was trying to do from the um, angle of a Celtic state of mind. So it's not about your ego. It's not about any fees because you don't get appearance fees for, for doing such things. Uh, it was all about um, if there's a narrative, why not try and shape it, Philip? You know, just try and shape it uh, based on what I'm hearing from Celtic fans on our daily uh, broadcast. So, so I think it's important that if fans of any podcast or of any fanzine, uh, as it was back in the day, Kevin, and we still have a few of them about, uh, are approached. I think it is important that we are able to, to have a voice. Um, and, and I mean, there's some publications, obviously, that I wouldn't... Uh, um, entertain but uh, when Charles Patterson is involved the guy's an absolute gentleman Kevin and I, I'm, I'm always happy to try and speak uh, to people like that and put a view across Kevin that is a fan's view it's a fan's view and often emotion is involved in that whereas you know when it's not a fan's view I think there's a lack of emotion involved in that um, and in terms of the club coming for our show it, it, by the way the our show what I mean by that is ours as a fan show because that's what this is um, that's not going to happen because we're an independent set up here Kevin and will continue to be independent and broadcast on a daily basis I mean this is our third broadcast today um, it's gone from bad to worse today unfortunately but that again is generated by what we're watching on the park and the narrative is shaped and influenced by what we're watching on the park um, I think it's it's disappointing but understandable uh, that there's there's trouble outside Celtic Park there's trouble in paradise this evening Kevin um, how do you think that's going to shape any of the views uh, or the, the decisions made by the board it's interesting that you actually say I mean a lot of people shout for um, Celtic to be fan owned and I would hate to make decisions based on the emotions that we feel while watching football games um, there'd be a lot of near there'd be a lot of reactions that 
they have to look at it with a level head, and the level head is that it can't be any sentimentality. They can have a look at the protests outside, and they can put it down to frustration if if they're going to make the decision that it's going to if, that they're going to continue as is. Um, can they continue as is? That's the point. Surely they must get to a point now, as, as, you, as we've said plenty of times, business-wise, it's bad for business that where we are, where we are in this season. And maybe we have got obsessed with 10, maybe we have got obsessed with this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and we shouldn't make, we shouldn't actually make any like apologies for being obsessed with a one, once-in-a-lifetime um, opportunity that's been presented to us. We, we, but when it starts going wrong, you maybe need to go to look beyond that obsession and look beyond the the short term and look to the longer term future of the club. And the, the club has reached a massive crossroads. Now, this result is actually, we're now at that crossing. We're now at that crossroads. Um, and, we've, and we now have we now have to decide what, what turn to take. If we decide to make no no, if we decide to make no change and go straight on, then it's a dreadful decision. A dreadful decision. Okay, Kevin, it's uh, not always easy to come on and broadcast on the old Celtic state of mind after a performance like that. Uh, and the wider kind of aspect of that performance with regards to the, the domestic domination has indeed ended today. It's the end of an era, and I think often at the end of an era, um, it, it, you know you need to evolve and you, you need to bring in new people and new ideas. Um, and I think that will revitalise a squad that nobody's going to deny. It's a quality squad, Kevin. I think we've strengthened other than the goalie. I think we've strengthened in all positions. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at some of the players we've brought in, are they playing for Neil Lennon? Some of the ones that we would expect, are they playing for Neil Lennon? There's only one way to find out. It's a risk. Of course it is. But a bigger risk mm -hmm. is the status quo. Uh, now, what I was saying earlier uh, regarding people getting involved, I always love to get people involved in this. Um, and because obviously we're in a lockdown and there's travel restrictions, you know, let us know if you want to get involved because we want to hear voices. And it might only be five minutes. Uh, you don't come in and, and give us the expletives and all that that Kevin gave us the other night. He got around from his auntie for that. Um, and he almost ended up as a slogan on a T-shirt. Uh, but yeah, the truth always hurts, Jungle. Lion says it right, sometimes you've got to be brutal Kevin in situations like this um, the truth does hurt a lot of people so we'll keep doing what we're doing and we're hoping we, we stayed on a wee bit longer tonight because we thought there might have been a post-match um, announcement, it doesn't look as though that's likely we'll be back at 12.30 tomorrow and we'll tell you more about the quadruple treble charity weekend, thank you everybody for joining us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on YouTube, it's all free and thank you Kevin Graham, a Northern Pros for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Thank you very much lads
This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.